is a god of the game. Halloween 2021 will go down as the scariest one for Indian cricket fans as we saw our players capitulating against our nemesis New Zealand. If you are looking for abusive rants, we are not that kind of a podcast, so we move on. Talking about moving on, Barcelona have finally decided to move on from Ronald Koeman and talking about managers getting sacked, Nuno is out of Spurs. Bayern's 5-0 loss to Mönchengladbach, Milan and Napoli's impressive show in Serie and did Atlanta Braves blow their chance to win the World Series title? Let's go! Hello and welcome to episode 43 of Sports Chacha where we take a break for one episode and so many things happen and so many things have already changed. Managers getting sacked, Bayern losing 5-0, yes you heard it right, they lost 5-0, India deciding to show their worst side in T20 cricket. Ishan, there is an agenda going against us man. I think uh, I think it's been a I think it's destiny that we are now banned to miss any episode because uh, like the sporting world just crumbles. Uh, but uh, let's talk about crumbling world, worlds like the Indian team. Let's start off with that. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's very very disappointing. Now, uh, just a disclaimer before getting into that to the listeners: like this could be a slightly a longer episode than we usually do like really very well packed episode a lot to discuss but yes we will start as Ishan said India's abysmal display in the T20 World Cup it's not just the performance on the field some of the decisions that they made opening calls some of the changes that they made to the batting order I mean they were all very very bizarre and I was extremely disappointed to see how they performed against New Zealand yesterday. And yesterday is Halloween in the Western world. And our Indian fans got their own version of Halloween with 11 players wearing Indian jersey and scaring the shit out of them with their batting and bowling display. I mean, that batting. Okay, wait. Let's give due credit to New Zealand bowlers. They were exceptional. They were disciplined. They stuck to their plan. And they were very good. But... Those first four wickets especially, all of them were caught somewhere near the boundary line trying to go for big shots. That is not entirely up to great bowling. There is a bit of bad batting also in that. I feel, uh, I think the Indian uh, team decided to do karwa chod by them not having food. Because like they were trying to hit balls out of the park, but it barely reached the boundary line. And I think, I think it was just a lack of application. Like, you know, the, the big word that has been floating around social media is lack of intent. Uh, I find that sometimes hard to believe or sometimes even humiliating that a team that is representing a country has a lack of intent. Uh, because it's a World Cup, it's not just a normal ICC tournament. And But if you look at the game yesterday, you know, when you have a chess game and the opponent knows every single move you're going to do, I think that's what Kane Williamson had over Kohli yesterday. Like, I think Kane Williamson predicted the team changes Kohli would do. And as a result, he switched up his bowling lineup in terms of the order of when they would bowl. Like, if Rohit Sharma would have opened, Trent Bowl would have bowled much of, like, all his overs because Rohit is weak against left-arm pace, but he bowled Ish Sodhi. And it was just, everything went their way. But I would say we were horrible, like, meaning the lack of application, the lack of intent in terms of attacking play, like, for the first time ever, I feel, I think that's what I read from 
there were no boundaries from the 7 to 15th over in a T20 international wow and that is just scary there were about 60 dot ball that 10 50% of the entire innings were dot balls so these are stats you would not associate with a strong batting lineup like ours but it's been that kind of a tournament and i would dare say this was a far more of a thrashing than the one against pakistan what do you think absolutely absolutely i agree to that because here we were thoroughly beaten both in the batting and the bowling at least against pakistan we managed to score 150 and at some level was right to put a part of the blame on the toss and the due factor but here you played first hard and 10 for 7 in 20 overs that is that has got nothing to do with the pitch that has got nothing to do with the dew as you rightly pointed out it has got everything to do with right application now coming back to that decision to uh, drop rohit sharma from the opening slot and move him into number 3 i found it extremely bizarre yes he might have a problem or maybe he has a problem with an in swinging delivery uh, of trent bolt but rohit sharma is he's arguably one of the best white ball opener that we have seen in the last 7 8 years i i don't think there is a much of an argument in saying that and if you don't trust that kind of a batsman to go and face a challenge like trent bolt that is automatically undermining the skill of rohit sharma in itself i don't know how rohit sharma felt as a player we no one will know only he will know uh when that decision was made to drop him to number 3 and and push ishan kishan um to the opening slot i don't know if i have played cricket at a very very minor level school level college level i always used to open a one down uh if someone had told me that you are not opening someone else is opening i would have felt a little bad at that level also i would have felt a little bad i'm not sure what it did to rohit sharma's psyche uh the shot he played to get out was very bad so as i said these kind of bizarre decisions didn't sit well with me i didn't understand why they were doing it it looked like they were just getting prepared to uh lose this game and 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 walk over i mean maybe that's a that's maybe a very harsh thing to say but yeah it felt very very bad the way they applied themselves also like i would i would be a little i would defend kohli or whoever selected that in a bit because rohit be fair in the last couple of months have lo- has looked a shadow of himself in terms of form uh but you're right if there ever is a player who can do something in a like opening an inning with throwit sharma and you still have to give him chances but you know i think getting ishan kishan up there uh, he's a bit of a hit and miss player great talent but yeah. he's not done it too often consistently uh, kl rahul as well you know i think we both of us remember we were talking about it if kl rahul plays well india almost guaranteed wins but he's just looked off the pace and i think that's a i could use that word for every single player in our team because you know barring bumrah who keeps still keeps trying i don't think anyone has been any of you know can say that they've tried yeah that's true it's a very uh, damning display it gave me 2007 odi world cup vibes at least the 2008 odi world cup i don't know it felt like we just came across a very a uh, spirited bangladeshi team but here i think we are getting thoroughly beaten it's not even like a close contest both the games we lost hope somewhere around by the way this is the easier group if you remember agreed absolutely agreed and we still might not make it through exactly this group has namibia and scotland and 
we still may not make it through i mean may not why matlab the probability of us making through is extremely extremely low there are a lot of super computers and twitter accounts doing their best to create scenarios on how india can qualify but uh, even someone who knows half of mathematics can see that the probability of us not making to the finals is really really high so for indian fans yeah it's a sad thing that we are almost out of the world cup as early as it is right now but you know what there are some really good performances i mean this world cup t20 uh, if you just take your uh, emotions as an indian fan out of you for a while there is really really some interesting teams playing and one of them was pakistan who has completely blown everyone by surprise i don't think many pundits whatever whoever i listened to whoever i wherever i read uh everyone had pakistan not as their number one favorite or even number two favorite but one of the teams to watch out for because of their exciting talent but nobody imagined that they will do this well especially in this group where we have india new zealand and afghanistan and i think there is such a general good feeling around that team right now and like i know people don't hate on me but as a cricket fan they are this world cup they just give you that positive vibe in the way they are playing you know they play with joy they are playing with in- aggression when it's needed and they are playing with a strong mind like they know exactly what needs to be done to win a game and let's be very honest they've got done with the three tough games of that group and won all of them uh you know they beaten india they beaten afghanistan and they beaten new zealand and all they have to do is play namibia and scotland so they are so well set mentally right now for the knockout stages i would now peg them as one of the favorites for the tournament yeah i'm i'm think this is a sign of a team where everyone's pitching in um i really really don't see a useless player in that 11 everyone has contributed there were shoaib malik came in scored those two important sixes in that game against afghanistan asif ali two overs 24 to him he does a brathwaite scores four sixes and wins the game out of nowhere so this team has a lot of such characters lot of such players who uh raise a rotation and perform and that is one of the signs of the 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 the, the legendary pakistan teams that you and i have seen in in the in the early 90s and yeah. the late 90s which has been missing for a while so it is really refreshing to see that's coming back i mean refreshing as a cricket fan may not be much refreshing as a as a as an indian fan but you know what credit to them man brilliant display great batting great fielding pakistan fielding really well you will have to give a lot of credit do you think matthew hayden made a great impact here i mean it's actually a very stupid question let me rephrase it do you think matthew hayden's inclusion in the coaching squad made the biggest impact out of all the other coaching staff appointments i i i think i would give a big amount of credit to matthew hayden's contribution because the one thing was other than the power that hayden had when he was a cricketer was the strong mentality he had as a batsman and as a com- uh, competitor and that's the some that's the additional spunk we've seen in the pakistani team in this tournament that mentality this mentally strong when they when the going gets tough they're not panicking like we are used to seeing the pakistani team do yeah 
they're making the right decisions they're playing it calm and there has to be some impact you know you have look at their staff right now like though like they've got misbah they've got saklen mushtaq they've got matthew hayden you know saklen mushtaq used to be you know i modeled my off spin bowling style out of saklen mushtaq <laughs> and you know those are those that experience that knowledge counts for something and with a young impressionable team that pakistan are right now it's bound to have created a very positive impact for them yeah it's really refreshing to see now uh, ishan rightly pointed out that how mentally strong hayden is i'm just slightly taking a detour here like uh, guys uh, if you manage to catch uh, there is this uh, interview of matthew hayden with uh, gaurav kapoor i forgot the name of the show breakfast with champions i believe uh watch yeah, that video watch that video you will understand how smart matthew hayden was how scientific his approach towards batting it was a fascinating watch uh watch out for that it's on youtube now coming back to the world cup group 1 england are really dominating in fact a close game as we are speaking right now it's going on against sri lanka sri lanka need about 50 runs in five overs with five wickets in hand but england have won all their three games they again are thrashing teams dominating their game they are on top of the white ball game south africa have done well after the initial loss to australia they defeated west indies and sri lanka but after like i don't know how many years we saw david miller hitting sixes i completely forgot the sight of that <laughs> uh so they are doing really good australia are in the race but their net run rate is a bit of a concern so they'll have to take care of that so that group is pretty much between england are through and i'm thinking south africa and australia sri lanka are also out i will it's it's going to be between australia and south africa and i unfortunately would say that south africa might edge, edge this this time hmm. and in the group 2 as we been praising pakistan are already through i mean not mathematically through but they as ishan was saying they have games against namibia and scotland so they are through uh, but the number 2 spot is very interesting afghanistan is showing a lot of steel i mean pakistan one side great impressive afghanistan i'm impressed but not surprised yeah i mean they they are one of the best teams in t20 cricket like with the you know man for man they've got a talented bunch and they've got rashid khan who can just change the match in a couple in four overs so if you got that kind of a contributor consistent contributor i think in the last game he was the fastest to uh, you know get 100 wickets in t20 internationals and that's incredible for a spinner uh, when you know there was a folklore going on that spinners generally get thrashed in t20 cricket uh, he's an anomaly you know sunil narin used to be like that until he got fi- figured out uh, so they are going to be strong you know i would say that india have a really tough game waiting for them when they play afghanistan is not going to be easy especially with the way we are playing yeah and all those scenarios right the scenario starts with if india beats afghanistan <laughs> like dude stop there itself <laughs> we have to beat afghanistan first and then like, we can get into scenarios yeah and in the last world cup world cup if you remember they almost you know did us a dubi doozy you know they scored about 230 runs and you know it was quite a big challenge for us to chase that down so it's not going to be easy by any means one quick update one of afghanistan's legendary player asghar afghan uh, he retired 
uh, in the game against Namibia. It was really heartwarming to see. There was a nice uh, tribute. Players did the guard of honor when he got out. I mean, amongst all the social media stupidity going around India's loss, it was a little heartwarming to see such things still happening in cricket. And to all those, just to end this entire T20 section, to all those who are still really upset and showing your anger towards the Indian team on social media and everything, you guys haven't lived through the 90s. We have lived through the 90s. This is absolutely nothing when compared to the thrashing that we have experienced as Indian cricket fans in the 90s. So take a chill pill. It's a very, very minor blip. It's one tournament. We still have an exceptionally talented team. It looks like Rahul Dravid is going to be the next coach. It's not confirmed yet, but everything is pointing towards that. There is really, really a lot to look forward to from this Indian team. So it's okay. Bad performance. We criticize them, but that's it. We take a chill pill and move on. Like when our parents used to say, "Na, zamane mein kitna tough tha, tum jante nahi ho." You know, that goes to the Indian team when we were young, you know, where every victory was like a miracle. And it was just Sachin and if Sachin gets out, we've lost the match. That Those were the days. Khatam. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's a privilege right now to see a team that, you know, where we are saying shucks, we are not winning the World Cup. There was never, we were never in conten- yeah. contention for a large part of our lives. Great. So that's great for the T20 section, guys. So keep watching. The games are going on. Uh, As I said, India may be out of the tournament, but they are still really, really good teams and really, really good matchups coming in. So watch out for T20 action and we will keep bringing you the updates as and when we record. So the next section, we move on to the other set of big things that happened in European football. Welcome back to Sports Charcha, where we are talking about all the big things, all the massive news that happened, the headlines that happened over the last one week. And we are in Europe right now, where finally, Joan Laporta suddenly realized that Ronald Koeman is not good. So we are sacking him. I honestly thought this is at least two months too late. You know, you know, in uh, have you seen Lion King? Yes. You know where Mufasa says, Wo andhera jaga hai, jahan pe nahi jana to Simba? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Barcelona right now. <laughs> Whatever you do, our kingdom ends there. Don't go there. And that's what Barcelona is right now. And it's really like, as a Madrid fan, I find it very distressing to see our biggest rival in such a situation. And I think it was about bloody time that Ronald Koeman was, you know, uh, waved goodbye because he was a, quite a disaster, uh, to be very honest. And, you know, everyone blamed it on, you know, Messi going, a weak team, but come on. They're still not man for man, say, the third best team in La Liga in terms of talent, if not second. And they are in ninth place, almost tenth, yeah. which is unforgivable. So, and that has to go down to the manager. So, I think it's a big relief, but I would say they've left it too late. Mid-season, you know, it's uh, whoever comes in has a big job in their hands to recover this scenario for Barcelona. And they didn't get off to a very auspicious start under Sergis, who was the next Barca player when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, he was a defender, right back. Uh, and he had a draw against Deportivo Alaves in the midweek. So, not a very good time. 
lastly, I think one last update about Barca, which is sad, nothing related to the foot, to football, is Sergio Aguero, uh, uh, who had felt dizzy and almost collapsed in the game against Alaves, and he they took him to the hospital and he was diagnosed with a potential heart arrhythmia. which is basically irregular beating of the heart which i don't know what that means for his footballing career but you know our prayers reach out to him and his family and hope he recovers soon yeah that news overshadowed everything else for me so get well soon aguero and thank you very much joan laporta for finally realizing coman is not good enough for barcelona and everything is now pointing towards xavi suddenly xavi is now the first choice coach to be replaced with there are videos of al sadd football club playing unbelievable football yeah. going around in social media as if that is the pinnacle of football that everyone's judged with i mean see no offense to al sadd no offense to qatar football you're good in their own way we are calling from we are talking from india yaar our isl sucks we know what's the sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> but the so point chai is nikal gayi hai <laughs> no the point here is how people okay you can be optimistic i mean i am a barca fan i am optimistic and it's only a hope that chavi comes in and things turn around but to justify that optimism by saying that he is doing so well in alsa that means he will do so well in barcelona dude that i can't take You say that you are optimistic. I agree. I think it shows what level Barca have reached, where an all-star, you know, beautiful football tiki-taka is really impressing a club like Barcelona. Uh, okay, wherever we are, wherever we are right now, hopefully things will take a a, a a turnaround. Now to discuss the other results in La Liga, Real Madrid are continuing their impressive run. In fact, the midweek they drew a game against uh, Osasuna, I believe. Yes. Uh, that was a little disappointing. It was it was uh, against a run of play, against a run of Real Madrid's form. But good, they came back and defeated Elche. And the best part of that victory is uh, Benzema was benched, and uh, who else was benched? Any big names were benched. Hazard, meaning I won't call him a big name anymore. But uh, <laughs> uh, but Mariano Diaz had yeah. his first start of the season and got his first assist. But let's spend a minute about on you know how amazing Vinicius has become for Real Madrid. Uh, you know, ever since Ancelotti taught him how to shoot, uh, he's becoming one of the best players in the world. He's literally the difference in every single game Real Madrid has won this season. uh with his you know dynamism and now also with his shooting boots so he's a scary prospect for everyone anyone facing madrid because of his un- how unpredictable he is so that's good news coming out of madrid let's give some credit to our city rivals as well atletico madrid i in fact saw their game yesterday against betis and that was the atletico madrid we've been expecting all season where they brushed a very decent atletico real betis betis side us you know brushed them aside with a 3-0 convincing victory Yeah, before the game started, I think Betis was two points ahead of Atleti, and now Atleti are one point ahead of Betis and are on fourth place right now. A lot of good things are happening around Atleti right now. Griezmann is looking like the Griezmann of old. Yao Felix is finding his feet, so that's good for the league. That keeps the league tighter. So that's about it for La Liga right 
now as the table reads sociedad first real madrid second sevilla third atleti fourth real sociedad actually have played one game extra in fact they drew their recent game against athletic club in the basque derby see this season la liga has seen a lot of bizarre last minute injury time goals watch out for this one against athletic club athletic club escaped with a one all draw real sociedad were about to win the game at least they thought that they were going to win the game at least until the 90 fifth or 96th minute uh, thanks to a very horrendous goalkeeping error they conceded an athletic club equalized now that's about it for la liga guys now let's move on to the big one in the dfb pokal cup bayern munich lost 5-0 to munchen gladbach yes 5-0 and this is not a bayern munich c team or d team this team had muller lewandowski neuer Kimmich, Goretzka, Nabri, Sane, like everyone started. Yet Munchen Gladbach blew Bayern away. And this is not very great for Bayern. I mean, in the overall context of the season, this may not make a big difference. It's just a Pokal Cup. But see, I didn't watch this game. I don't think this was on TV. I don't remember. But is this like a minor blip? Or did you hear or read something that suggested otherwise that Bayern has... a problem that's been hiding behind all these massive success but no no i am see you know obviously the scoreline is astonishing but there is always this one bayern performance like this every year generally it's where when it matters the most when they are about to get knocked out from a tournament and again not win a champions league for example uh, but this happened in the dfp pokal so i don't think it's a blip because uh, yes they miss out on a treble opportunity because every season they are in in for that uh, but i don't think they'll be too bothered about it it's yes humiliating for sure no bayern munich does not lose 5-0 but yeah it's i think as you said a blip uh, if it happened in the bundesliga it would probably have been a different story though i agree with that in fact bayern came back and won 5-2 in the weekend against union berlin so all's well at bayern also their coach was actually uh, off uh, he had a uh, covid he tested covid positive and he's been self isolating for the last two weeks so he's still not with the team he's doing all his press conference through uh, video conference etc so that could have played a minor part but still losing final is losing final in fact last season bayern lost to a a third level a third tier or fourth tier team in dfb pokal so their form in pokal hasn't been great over the last two seasons but dortmund went through in fact they are actually doing pretty decently well they are trying to hide behind this bayern's uh blitzkrieg and uh, they are still second they are still within touching distance of bayern but you know bundesliga is bundesliga bayern is bayern i don't think dortmund can catch up with them anytime all right enough of germany and spain in the next section we'll talk about italy <laughs> Serie A is turning out to be one of the most exciting and interesting leagues in Europe right now not because Juve are screwing up not because there are a lot of teams who are fighting for the third fourth place but for the top 2 these two teams have kind of had a rebirth over the last 2 years they have been doing exceptionally exceptionally well two bald headed managers <laughs> Spalletti and uh, Stefano Pioli both of them are doing an exceptional job with Napoli and Milan respectively 
I saw the game yesterday night Roma versus Milan dude Milan are playing some scintillating football man this is this is of those early 2000 under Ancelotti with Kaka Crespo that stuff they are doing right now and it's it's such a talented team you know and you know with the experience of the man himself Zlatan who by the way scored his 400 uh, goal yesterday with an unbelievable free kick they've got wa- everything that it takes to you know do well in in serie a obviously that inexperience ha- is showing in the champions league but in the in the serie a where there is literally for the you know after many years no one top team uh, they are showing like they can they real they're showing like they're real challenges for the serie a this season yeah and they and napoli milan and napoli are on 31 points after 11 games they are still unbeaten Juve are 16 points behind them in ninth position after a bit of a revival during the last one month Juve lost two games back to back one against Sassuolo and the latest one against Hellas Verona Giovanni Simeone naam to suna hi hoga Simeone he is scoring a lot of goals he's already scored seven or eight goals he's i think third or fourth uh in uh, in what do you call the golden boot award or whatever the equivalent in in seria this time seria actually has a lot of great strikers did you notice that even after they lost lukaku and ronaldo they still have vlahovic who is banging in goals for fun there is zapata there is the giovanni simeone am i missing any major korea from inter milan i think i want to spend a couple of minutes on juventus because I remember and I have to take my words back that I said that this is how Allegri starts a season uh like where he starts badly and then they win everything but I think that that uh, you know formula is done with uh because I actually saw the game uh, quite a lot of the game against Hellas Verona and Sassuolo because I was hoping for something and they just played horrendous football there is absolutely nothing coming from Juventus uh you know morata is back to being morata he's not even now the best player in that team uh which he was a couple of months ago and so if i really don't know which direction juventus is going in uh even if they say for example let go of allegri who would want to join juventus now so because they they don't have any money to make you know emergency transfers in the january window they don't have youth coming in so they are in a bit of a complex situation where you can see a number of years go by before they come back to dominance which is scary uh, because you don't associate such things with the likes of juventus yeah and the serie a table with napoli first milan second inter third and roma are still on fourth hanging on there now that's enough for all these non english speaking football side let's move on to epl in our next section where another manager has been sacked absolutely world class how long we have known each other for 8 9 years maybe yeah and we both can say that we are both humble and down to earth people but in this case i have to say we said so before the beginning of the season we said so that tottenham is a crisis waiting to happen even after their first three wins we still were saying that tottenham is a crisis waiting to happen i'm not happy that some manager gets sacked i'm not saying that 
I I'm 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 feeling this shorten frauder thing right now, but I am just happy that what we predicted came right. <laughs> yeah, I mean they are that game against United. Uh, one, if you make United Man United the current Man United with their form look like world beaters, you are playing really badly. That is one giveaway. But it was there was absolutely nothing from that team. No no strategy. No plan. everyone had a bad game and what's happened to harry kane like he was worth 150 million when the season was starting but he's not even looking like a 10 million player he's barely touched the ball in any game and you know nuno nuno espirito santo was never the right man for tottenham because his gameplay style is not the tottenham style you know the reason why i used to like tottenham was because they had this unpredictable attacking team that are good to watch and they became very mourinho esque but inferior in that way because mourinho still had a you know ensured there was a solid defense and he got the best out of son and kane last season uh, nothing happened this time with espirito uh, 10 day 10 games i find it a little unfair but i think it's just a realization that this was not a match made in heaven yeah yeah in fact they fired mourinho for the style of football he was playing and then they get back nuno now See, we have worked in corporate for a very long time. I mean, you are still working. I am not. But imagine this situation, right? You have a boss. Okay, you have to report to him. You have to him or her. You have to talk to. You have to work with that person day in day out, and you have to listen to that person's instruction day in day out. But before everything started, your boss's boss coming out and saying that you know what, you are not my first choice. You are here because I don't have any other option. how will you react to that boss the dynamics is so fucked up i mean there is a lot of similarity between kuman and nuno espirito santos both these managers were undermined by their whatever sporting director or ceo or whoever about them before the beginning of the season laporta came and openly said that you know what kuman uh, give me two weeks time if i don't find a manager you can be in the job how do you think players will react to these kind of situations here see there is a part responsibility for the managers also for not getting the best out of the team they get but some blame has to go to the top management also daniel levy has really screwed it up champions league finals from there to where they are right now daniel levy needs to take some kind of responsibility there are news saying that uh, antonio conte is already in uh, in london uh we don't know what's going to happen but uh this is pretty sad for tottenham but on the other side united uh, united fans are a bit split right now some of them who i uh, speak to who i know yes they are happy obviously they are happy they won a game but on the other side they have this jekyll and hyde where they are like okay so this does this mean ole is going to stay uh yes they played really well but do you think this cavani ronaldo can work for a longer time I think it can, but I I just thought of a really funny analogy uh, about United and how Ole is uh, how lucky he is. You know, they when I was in college, they used to say, "What's the height of frustration? The height of frustration is a one-handed one-handed man hanging from a cliff with his balls itching," and that's how <laughs> that's how I feel a lot of United fans feel when it comes to Ole because. everyone says ole out because united are horrendous and then there are certain managers being lined up 
and then only ole wins a game and another manager somewhere else gets fired and the manager they were looking for gets hired by them it happened with pochettino pochettino was almost a shoe in for united and then ole suddenly started winning games so pochettino went to psg everyone said conte to united because and nobody can deal with ole anymore ole beats spurs santo gets fired conte might come into spurs so i mean how lucky is that guy but how i i feel bad for united fans because they're like for the last couple of years they're just stuck between you know neither here nor there yeah they are fifth on the table right now with 17 points after 10 games chelsea still on top in fact they had the best weekend of all the teams both liverpool and manchester city dropped points at home liverpool were 2-0 up against brighton gave away a 2-0 lead and ended the game 2-2 whereas manchester city lost 2-0 against crystal palace crystal palace seems to be this this kida in manchester city and liverpool's gun no like they keep like poking these two teams all the time around but credit to patrick vera and crystal palace they played really well and deserved winners i would say a little uh, a little un- unfortunate uh, with the red card uh, laporte laporte emerick laporte got sent off with a stupid challenge stupid you know he held the player back there were a lot of chances city had there was a goal disallowed by gabriel jesus uh not too many things went their way uh in that you know in that thing so they were unlucky i wouldn't say they played badly but as you rightly said crystal palace have these couple of upsets every season and they you know this time it was city uh but that still doesn't make me less scared for the manchester derby coming up because an angry city is not very good for united <laughs> that's true just a little bit of love to the fourth place team right now west ham they are on a different planet like i have we have watched west ham uh, ever since the tevez days the masharanos days i have never seen west ham playing this well ever there was a period where they played decent football uh, under that croatian coach with gaspoet and all yeah but this is and david moyes after that united debacle after that real sociedad debacle sunderland debacle this is david moyes 3.0 and uh, very impressive absolutely impressive yeah and you, they're playing such great football you know uh, mike michael antonio is like literally one of the best players in the premier league right now on form declan rice what a player i think united personally i feel they missed a beat by not signing him in the last transfer window uh, so and what a manager who would have thunk uh, mr moyes himself playing swashbuckling attacking football credit credit where it's due i think that new stadium unlike any other club where new stadiums pose a lot of threats in terms of form aka uh, arsenal after highbury uh, west ham have actually gone from strength to strength after moving to the new stadium great guys so that's about it for football that's about it for cricket in the next section we'll move on to speed point where we will give you quick headlines of what happened around Welcome back to Sports Charcha. We are getting into the speed point section. Indian table tennis pair Satyan G and Harmeet Desai. G Satyan people must remember from Olympics. Uh, 
he didn't have a great tournament but he was one of the favorites now those two clinched the world table tennis contender championship doubles championship in tunisia now this is a great win guys in fact after all the olympic debacle that has happened this is a very very welcoming news for indian table tennis hope these two continue this great performance moving forward and win many more titles Last week, Ishan, you were talking about the World Series finals between the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. What's going on out there? Who is taking the lead? Who is looking good? So it was all poised for the Astros to clinch it because you know, on in clutch moments in playoffs, the Astros have historically been a better squad, a better team. But the Atlanta Braves came out. rocking and because the first two games were at the uh, were at the were in Houston they won you know one of the those games so that was an away victory so they were 3-1 up they were one victory away today this morning from winning the world series but they and they started the first innings with a grand slam uh, a grand slam is basically you score four runs when all bases are loaded and hit a home run so it looked very auspicious very likely the atmosphere was great but then they choked and the astros came back and i think 1 8 or 8 5 and now the match the series goes back to houston uh, where it's all to play for 3 2 in the series uh, for people who don't know it's a best of 7 first so the neck you know if brave still are one way one victory away from winning it but it's just got a little harder away from home so it's really exciting do catch the highlights if you don't have if you're not a fan just watch it on youtube watch the game highlights it's a must watch because the atmosphere is palpitating it's unbelievable uh, so do catch some you know highlights and start liking baseball and it's not just baseball that's happening we have nba season also started we were talking about it in the last two episodes any interesting matches any interesting updates from the nba section so uh, it's been pretty interesting you know the lakers have at least started winning a little uh, lebron was injured for a couple of games now he's back uh, he had a vintage lebron game yesterday where they won golden state warriors are looking outstanding steph curry is playing like an mvp like he is few interesting games uh, you know i would like to say that you know there was the mavericks you have got luka doncic i have a personal affection for him because he was a real madrid basketball player uh, and then he made it as one of the youngest mvp contenders at 19 two seasons ago uh, so he is looking like a potential uh, you know hall of famer so it's really exciting but again you know i would say too early to call anything not too many exciting games but just a lot of games coming piling in so i think what i would i would want to do in terms of quick hits next week for you guys is you know just give you some key highlights in terms of amazing plays which you can quickly you know load up on youtube and watch all right guys that's about it for episode 43 as we promised in the beginning this turned out to be a slightly longer episode because you you heard it guys so many things happened around so we have to talk about it we had fun talking about it hope you had fun listening to it now once we finish recording this we'll go back and catch all the champions league action that's going to happen tomorrow and day after tomorrow in fact tomorrow we have some really big games there is atlanta versus manchester united remember ole is still not technically safe a loss to atlanta 
can still prove costly for him. So this is still a very, 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 very important game for United. Not just from the Champions League perspective, from Ole's job perspective also. And on the other hand, talking about losing a chance to go through the knockout stages in Champions League, Barcelona have a massive game against Dynamo Kiev. Away game. They haven't had a very good away record over the last 4-5 years. They must win this game. Otherwise, they are practically out of Champions League group stage after some 20-25 years or something like that. Other than that, other big games on Wednesday night, there is Liverpool versus Atletico Madrid. Uh, people who remember the last time they played at Anfield, Atletico won 3-1. The rise of Marcus Llorente, I think they won 3-2 if I'm not wrong. But yeah, whatever, the rise of Marcus Llorente. So that's an interesting game to watch out for. Liverpool are pretty safe. They have three wins. But Atletico, it's a must-win game for them. Other than that, they have some other interesting games going around. There is Dortmund Ajax and other games. So watch out for all that. We will watch them, obviously. And we'll come back to you and talk about it. And we'll also watch the T20 action and talk about that too. So until then, it's bye from Bala. And bye from Ishan, guys. Have a great week ahead and happy Diwali. Oh yeah, happy Diwali, guys, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also please, like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us, but also helps new listeners to find our podcast easily. You can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at the rate Sports Charcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate The Jam Room Audio. Bye!